tell me this, how does it feel? It's nearly Advent, right? It's nearly Christmas again. Is it me or does it just keep coming around quicker and quicker and quicker? No, and easy to be really honest with me, okay? We're gonna see who, how honest the believers in this house are, right? Who plays Christmas music before the 1st of December? Prayer ministry is available after and before the... Guys, come on. I went to play... My favorite Christmas song is Wham! Last Christmas. I've just realized I've left my sermon notes. Thank you, Chloe. (laughs) My favorite... So Christmas song is Wham last Christmas and I honestly, I, I just couldn't, play. I went to play it and it was, you know, the din, 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 and I just thought, no, I can't do this. This is wrong. This is not okay. And I had to switch it off. You can't play Christmas music church until the 1st of December. Now, who's really bad? Don't, don't argue with me here. You can't. It's not okay. The Bible says so. Trust me. But we're not there yet. We're almost, we're almost at Advent, Right? But for the month of November, if you've missed any of it, we have been focusing on the theme of remembrance. And over this month, we've we've kind of been looking in at what it is to remember what God has done. On Remembrance Sunday, Pastor Philip explored with us this idea that the church needs to be revived, that the Lord can revive us, but that only comes through obedience. And he said this wonderful quote, and it was this. He said, I think somebody said it to him when he was a young pastor, that our obedience is the ink that God uses to write the next chapter of the church. I love that. Then last week, we looked at the theme of remembering through monument moments, right? Monument moments. And if you weren't here last week and you wonder what these are, I couldn't find stone monuments like in the Bible, so I had to do with Pickford removal boxes. Now, who can remember? This one's a bit messy. Who can remember last week what my monument moments were? So a monument moment, remember, is a moment in your life that stands out as a significant moment. Something that you reflect back on. Something that you remember. And it brings something to your mind and to your heart. It's a monument moment. Monumental moments become monument moments. So can anybody remember what this monument was to me? What this significant moment was in my life? First car? Passed my test, well done. Can anybody remember what my first car was? Vauxhall Corsica. Can anybody remember the fun fact from last week? The fun fact? That's right. Kind of half a fact and half a fact, right? Vauxhall Corsa, this is the best content you're going to get in this message, so you may as well take it. Vauxhall Corsa is the most popular first-time car for young people. Fun fact. I loved my Vauxhall Corsa. But passing my driving test was a monument moment in my life. It's a significant moment that I look back on and I remember a sense of achievement and a sense of freedom. Can anybody remember what, this is an easy one, can anybody remember what this one is? I got engaged. A monument moment in my life on a bridge in Amsterdam. Can anybody remember this one? This is a heartbreaking one. I did, I did, I did. 2012, I think it was, 2013, we lost the semi-final. Now, I need to correct this from last week. I said we lost the semi-final of the Irish Cup. It was the Irish Schools Cup. I was good, but I wasn't that good. (laughs) 
semi-final of the Irish Schools Cup. This is a monument moment in my life. This is a significant moment that stood out to me for the reasons of heartbreak. And I have other monument moments in my life that remind me of good things that are significant stages. And we talked about last week how we all have monument moments in our lives. Monuments of significance. Monuments that cause us to remember something from the past. And we looked last week as well at how in the Bible there's also monument moments for God's people. How for Samuel there was a monument moment. After winning a battle, they declared that God is the same yesterday, today, and forever. And that's what monument moments are all about. Remembering that God is always the same. He never changes. If he was faithful yesterday, he is going to be faithful today. And the message this morning is monument moments part two, moving forward. We're going to delve into Joshua 3 and explore another monument moment that God had with his people. We're going to pick up our reading at Joshua 3. If you don't have a Bible, it will be on the screen behind me. Joshua 3, verse 8. But before we read it, I'm going to give you a little bit of a backstory. So the Israelites, God's people, are on the banks of the Jordan. And over on the other side, they can see the promised land. The land that has been promised to them. But Moses is no longer the leader. Moses has died. Moses has gone. And so too has the generation that were of fighting age when they left Egypt. Remember, they spent 40 years in the wilderness. So you can imagine that many, many people who left Egypt never actually saw the promised land. And it's at this stage, Joshua, who is not necessarily a new leader, he was, if you like, the associate of Moses, steps in, but he's taking on a new generation of God's people. And he's moving them into a new season and forward into what God has for them. And this is where we're going to pick up our reading. Joshua 3, verse 8. And this is God speaking to Joshua. Give this command to the priests who carry the Ark of the Covenant. When you reach the banks of the Jordan River, take a few steps into the river and stop there. So the Ark left their camp to cross the Jordan. And the priests who were carrying the Ark of the Covenant went ahead of them. It was the harvest season, and the Jordan was overflowing its banks. But as soon as the feet of the priests who were carrying the ark touched the water at the river's edge, the water above that point began backing up a great distance away at a town called Adam, which is near Zarethan. And the water below that point onto the Dead Sea until the riverbed was dry. Then all of the people crossed over near the town of Jericho. So what happens is basically they're at the bank of the Jordan and they can see on the other side of this river the promised land. The land that was promised to Abraham. Land that was promised to Isaac. Land that was promised to Jacob. Land that was promised to Moses. This had been a generational promise that God had given his people. That you will inherit the promises. You will inherit the land that I have given you. But the problem is that there is something in the way. And maybe you find that with your life as well. That there is where we are. There is where God is taking us to. But in the middle is something in the way. There's where we are. There is where we know the Lord is leading us to. But then there's something in the way. Here's the first question. 
How do we get to where God is leading us to? We have to get through what's in the way. And the second question is a little bit harder to answer. Well, how do we get through what's in the way? Here's two things that God's people did to get through what was between where they were and where God was leading them to. First one was this, they had God's leading in God's voice. And the second one was they had to take a walk of faith. They had to walk in faith. See, throughout Joshua, right from chapter one all the way through to the end, we see God speaking directly to his people. They had his leading. But the other thing that they had was this, or that they had to do, was that when they arrived at the banks of the Jordan, they had to decide to take a step of faith, to walk in faith, if they were going to get to the other side. Did you notice that the Lord said that it was only when the priests were going to put their feet into the water? Now, bear in mind that this was flooding season. The water's high. It's much deeper than what they are tall. If I walked into a puddle, I would drown with my height, but you get the picture. I know what my reaction would be. When God says, this is where I'm leading you to. This is where I'm taking you to, but you have to make the first step. It's difficult, isn't it? Especially when circumstances would dictate that you probably shouldn't step out in faith at this point. Walking in faith may be a little bit uncomfortable and you might get a little bit wet. But if we want to go forward to where God is taking us, if we want to arrive at the destination he is calling us to physically, spiritually, emotionally, relationally, we have to take the first step. When we know, when we sense that the Lord is calling us to somewhere, to something, to someone, we have to be willing to take the leading of God's voice and take a step to walk in faith. Now, sometimes as believers, we can have one without the other, can't we? Sometimes we can slip into a time where we can go without faith, where we refuse to take a walk of faith. Did you know that 40 years earlier, the Israelites had the opportunity to go into the promised land. And Joshua, believe it or not, was trying to get them mustered in their faith, was trying to encourage them and inspire them to take that walk of faith, to enter into everything that God had for them. But they had no faith and they refused to go. They refused to take that step of faith where God was leading them. And the cost of that was 40 years in the wilderness. Israel could have made the promised land 40 years, four decades earlier, but because they wouldn't take a step of faith, because they would not walk in faith, they ended up in the wilderness. It can also work the other way where we think that we're charging after something that we're meant to have, where we're meant to go, and we don't have the leading of God's voice. Where if we know deep within our hearts that possibly we desire something or we feel that that land over there is for me, but actually God hasn't called us to it. It can end up very, very messy when we don't have the voice of God leading us. And so if we want to go forward in our lives, forward in our faith, forward in our relationships, we have to partner those two things that God's people had to. We have to partner the leading of God's voice and we have to partner taking a walk, taking a step of faith. And when we partner those two things together, that's when we move forward. 
If you turn with me to Joshua 4, verse 1 to 7, this is what happens next. This was clearly a monument moment for God's people. Joshua 4 says this. When all the people had crossed the Jordan, the Lord said to Joshua, now choose 12 men, each from, one from each tribe. Tell them, take 12 stones from the very place where the priests are standing in the middle of the Jordan. Carry them out and pile them up at a place where you will camp tonight. So Joshua called together the 12 men he had chosen, one from each of the tribes of Israel. He told them, go into the middle of the Jordan in front of the ark of the Lord your God. Each of you must pick up a stone and carry it on your shoulder, 12 stones in all, one for each of the tribes of Israel. We will use these stones to build a memorial or a monument. Joshua is doing the exact same thing that Samuel did. He is building a monument from the moment. In the future, your children will ask you, what do these stones mean? Then you can tell them. They remind us that the Jordan River stopped flowing when the Ark of the Lord's Covenant went across. These stones will stand as a memorial among the people of Israel forever. So what happens is they have crossed the river. They've had this monumental moment where God has been faithful and the Lord has moved in the miraculous. And for many in this generation, this may be the first time that they have seen God move in this way. Yes, we've seen God move under Moses, but remember, many passed away in the desert. So this is a fresh generation expecting and receiving something fresh of God. And so what they do is... Joshua tells 12 fellas representing the 12 tribes or if you like kind of 12 families of Israel to get stones big enough that they have to carry on their shoulders. These things are, are fairly large and to set them up as a memorial, as a monument to what God has done. And they built it at a place called Gilgal. Now keep that in your mind because we're gonna need that later. They built at a place called Gilgal. So what do we learn? We learn this. Why, why, why did Joshua do it? We bit like Samuel last week. Why, why would you build a monument like that? Well, it's similar to last week. It provides a witness of faith. It was a witness to God's own people in that generation at that time that God is faithful. Like we said last week, he is the same yesterday, today, and forever. If God got me through yesterday, he can get me today. If God provided for me then, he'll provide for me now. If God's, if God's presence was with me at the difficult times then, he's gonna be with me in the difficult times now. And so the idea was that when God's people built these monuments to remind them of significant moments where God broke into their lives, it was to continually remind them. The NIV in the New King James Version actually says that, or Joshua said, the translation is, this will be a sign among you. A sign among you that God is truly Lord. It will be a sign among you. What signs are in your life? What signs are among us this morning? Signs, memorials, monuments that maybe we need to make the effort to think back on and say, actually, Lord, you know what? When I look at that with hindsight, you were faithful. When I look at that with the right perspective, you came through for me. When I asked you to be there, you were there. When I needed your peace, you gave me your peace. And so if you did that then, you're gonna do the same for me now. It's about a witness of faith. 
But this is the second witness of faith. And it's this, it's what it says to the generations. If we go back to the end of verse six, it says, in the future, your children will ask you, what do these stones mean? Then you can tell them. They remind us that the Jordan River stopped flowing when the Ark of the Lord's Covenant, the Ark of the Covenant, by the way, if you're not familiar with it, all it was was a representation that God's presence, that God's favor was with them. These stones will stand as a memorial among God's people forever. You see, your monument moments, the moments in your life that stick out where God was faithful, that God proved himself, are about you, and yet they're not about you. They're about you, and yet they're not about you. You see, you have no idea the power that you wield to share with other generations, whether they're your family or not, about the goodness of God. You have amazing opportunity that the monument moments in your life would stand as a witness to other generations. That when you share with your children and your grandchildren, when the opportunity is right, to share of the good things that God has done for you, in you, and through you, it begins to build a sense of faith in another generation. Let me show you how this works. If we fast forward to Judges 3, there's a man called Ehud. Now, you may not be familiar with Ehud. He's one of those characters that's kind of tucked away in the scripture. But Ehud was a judge of Israel. And Ehud was given a specific assignment to assassinate an oppressive king who was oppressing God's people. But what we read is this. He, he makes it to the king's palace. He gives him the tribute. But then he goes home again. And we don't know why he turns back. We don't know why he didn't complete the mission. We don't know why he didn't complete the task he was given. Now what we read is on his way home, he stops at a place called Gilgal. 100 years later, after Joshua built the monument, the scripture says that he stopped at the 12 stones and scholars believe that the 12 stones he stopped at at Gilgal was the same monument that Joshua built 100 years before him. And we don't know what happened. We don't know the experience or what went through his mind. But what we do know is that when Ehud saw the monument from another generation, he was reminded that God was faithful, that what God did for that generation, he could do in his generation. And so he turned back and he completed the mission. 100 years later after those monuments were built. And my point to you is this, don't underestimate your monument moments. Because let me tell you, we'll all pass away, but the memory of what God has done won't. We will all pass from this earth, but the memories and the stories and the monument moments of what God has done in your life will pass to the next generation. It's a witness of faith. Your monument moments, the moments where God broke in and were faithful to you are a witness of faith to you and to another generation. So we have so far that our monument moments are created by a walk of faith, taking a step of faith with the knowledge of the voice of God. We also know that monument moments, moments where God was faithful and proved himself, are also a witness of faith. It is a testimony, it is a witness of our faith and that God is faithful to us and to the next generations coming through. 
But what I love about this story, after as chapter four progresses, is that Joshua concludes, yes, this has been a monument moment. Yes, God has broken in and done something miraculous. But we can't stay here. We, we, we can't camp here. We have to take our faith and go forward. We can't stay here. Now, it would have been tempting for God's people to just stay there and bask in everything that God had done. To just kind of camp there forever at Gilgal and just think of the stones and look at the stones and say, wasn't that amazing what God did? Wasn't wasn't that class? Wasn't it great what God broke through? Look what God has done for us. But never actually move forward. Our monument moments are great. But the past is to be visited, not lived in. The past is to be visited, but not lived in. We're to visit, think back, remember what God has done, but we're not meant to live there either. Do you get what I'm saying? That there's more to come and there's more for God to do. Warren Wearsby writes that there's nothing wrong with monuments so long as they don't link us to the past so much that we fail to serve God in the present. And if you do some research, what you'll find is we as Christians can be susceptible. Churches can be susceptible. In fact, entire denominations and movements can be susceptible to experience something amazing that God has done and then just camping there and saying, wasn't that great? And they say that for the next 100 years. Do you remember when God did this? Do you remember when God did that? And I remember being at a denominational celebration quite a few years ago, and it was 100 years. But I remember the feeling, and in fact, the preacher that night actually brought it up, was that, wasn't it amazing what God did in 19, whatever year it was? He says, what's happened since? And I made everybody stop and think and go, he's got a point. Have we camped? Have we stayed at what God has done and not taken our faith and moved forward. So why should we keep going forward? There was one simple reason why Joshua knew, yes, what God has done in this moment is amazing. Yes, this monument moment is something to be memorialized. But we have to move forward. Why do we have to move forward even when God has done something amazing? Here's why God's people move forward. Because they had new land to claim. They had new land to the claim. And the interesting thing was that God had already given them the land, but it was their choice to step out and take it. They had to make the choice to go forward and take the new things that God had for them. And so for everybody in this room this morning, no matter your age or your stage of life, God has new land for you. Ephesians tells us that we have got all spiritual blessings in Christ Jesus that God has given us all spiritual blessings in Jesus. But it's up to us to take a walk of faith and claim it for ourselves. Maybe God has done something amazing in your life in the past. Maybe God broke in in an incredible way and you experienced the monument moment. But can I encourage you this morning? There's more to come. There's new land for you to receive. There's new opportunities. There's new blessings. There are new graces. There is new mercy in God. We can't camp 
where we were, but we have to move forward. Monument moments can be phenomenal, causing us to remember how great our God is, yesterday, today, and forever. But the point of monument moments, the point of remembering what God has done, is not that we live there and camp there forever, but that we look back at our monument moments, stir our faith to move forward. We look back, take our faith, and go forward. Church, no matter what season you have been in, whether you feel like camping at maybe some of the former things God has done, can I encourage you, take your faith and go forward. There's new blessings, new land, and new opportunity for you to take. You know, there's a monument moment, there's a monument stone actually in our church. I don't know if you've seen it. It's in the foyer. Have you noticed? It says, this memorial stone was laid. That's a monument moment for our church, you know. That was a monument moment where, I was going to say that generation, but many of you are here and remember that. Some of you are too young to remember. When God was faithful to us as a people, where God was faithful to us as a church and he provided this facility and he provided this building for his glory. But what would have happened to our church, folks, if everybody just had have crowded around it and went, wasn't that brilliant? That was class, wasn't it? When God got this land, when God provided the finances for this building, wasn't that brilliant? And nothing ever happened ever again. But that's not what happened, was it? Because the generation, many of them are here, that laid that stone, took their faith and went forward. When you're going out that foyer today, folks, take a moment to look to your right and look to that stone and remind yourself that monument moments where God is faithful and he breaks in are created through a walk of faith, that they're there to provide a witness of faith of what God has done, and finally, we're to take our faith and move forward into what he has for us. I want you to look at that stone on the way out and say, I'm gonna take my faith and now I'm gonna move forward. New land, new blessing, new graces. Amen? Amen. Let's pray. Father, we thank you, God, for monument moments. We thank you, God, for the moments where you have been faithful and that you have broken in. Lord, I pray for everybody here today that they would remember a moment maybe a moment that they've forgotten where you were faithful and that it would remind us, God, that you're the same yesterday and forever, the same God you were yesterday, you're the same God today. But Father, help us to not camp at what you've done in the past. Yes, we're to visit it, but not to live in it. And so Lord, I pray that you would help us to take our faith, to pick it up and to move forward into the new things that you have for us. That you would help us to move forward into new giftings, new graces, new mercy, new land to claim for your kingdom. In Jesus' name, amen. Band over to you.